0: The Sixers beat is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last minute tickets. Did you know NBA ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last minute deals, with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. If you wanted to find tickets to tonight's game against Carl Anthony Towns, Robert Covington, and the Minnesota Timberwolves, you could do that, even though it's only a few hours away. As I check my phone right now, tickets are as low as $23. Go find the best tickets available with panoramic seat view photos from every section with Game Time. But Game Time is more than just sports tickets, and you can get tickets to live music and the theater as well, and you can do so with a quick, easy two-tap checkout. So head on over to the App Store or Play Store now to download GameTime and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. All right, welcome everybody, this is Derek Bonner, joined by Rich Hoffman once again on this week's Sixers Beat, a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Hey, you doing, Rich?
1: I'm good, man. It was a good two-day trip, and, or a two-game trip and uh, it's just uh, coming Sixers, back off from the road. Yeah, the Sixers, did you know they are the only undefeated team in the Eastern Conference?
0: They are. They are off to a 3-0 and start. The team that never loses in the second half, I believe, through six games they have won all, or I'm sorry, through three games they have won all six quarters in the second half of play because we always said this was a team that comes out at a halftime and wins every third quarter and down a stretch of each game. That has always been the Sixers' way. Of course that has not been the case. They've really struggled in the third quarter in previous years, but that is a different team now at least through three games it is. It's been a weird sort of 3 and 0 start. Um you know, obviously the most recent game against Atlanta, a game where they were down 8 late in the fourth quarter, a game where they trailed for most of the game and then used a late run propelled by their defense as as most of these games have been. This is a team, you know, there's so many times where in previous years when the Sixers were not the favorites, where they would come out and hang tough, and you'd be like, wow, it's a real scrappy effort against a more talented team, and then they'd really come out in in the fourth quarter and just stomp the Sixers. And it feels like the Sixers are a little bit like that right now. And you don't want to say that. Like, I never get the feeling right now watching this team that they're about to stomp anyone, because right now they're just not making enough shots to do that. But when they dial up that defense and they get their best defenders on the floor... They're a real problem, and they've been a problem each game down the stretch, and it's been pretty fun to watch on that end.
1: You know what last night's game reminded me of? And I agree with your, your sentiment that they are kind of the, the favored bullies who sometimes kind of play with their food a little bit until they, uh, they turn it on later in the game. Last night reminded me. I believe it was 2017. I think it was maybe October, November. So it was a year that the Sixers ended up being the three seed. But we didn't know they were going to be that good. And frankly, at the beginning of the year, they were not even close to uh as good as the number three seed. They played Golden State on a Saturday night, I believe, in Philly. I think they were winning by 22 at halftime. Do you remember this? Yeah. Yeah, sure. So – and I remember – us and all of our colleagues, we, uh, you know, the the media food is a little bit better on uh on the weekends at the, the Wells Fargo Center. So we, we get are hot eating. Dogs. We it's are very, eating.
0: You've never seen people get so excited about hot dogs. And I'm one of As them. you would on uh on on, on the, in the press room at a Sixers game, but yes,
1: we get so. We get so hot dogs. as we're eating our hot dogs and some soft pretzels too, let's not shortchange <laughs> them. Uh, I think all of us said, "All right, so what are the odds of the Sixers win this game?" And I forget who who said that the highest no I think the highest number was under 50%. I might have been like, eh, I'm going to put it at like 47%. They were winning by 22. But there was just a sense that the Warriors were going to come back. They were going to take them a little more seriously. And when the Warriors just got that offense and transition game going, they, there was really nothing the Sixers could do. As it turned out, that game was over pretty much in the third quarter. I think that was like a 30 point Golden State advantage in the third quarter. So, so last night felt like that a little bit to me when the Sixers come out and they play no defense in the first quarter. I think Embiid used his, uh, his favorite way to put it is soft. I-, I don't even know if it was soft. They just got hit with a haymaker by Trey Young, who is so much damn fun to watch he really just lit them up in the first quarter made.
0: I, I I missed on that one a little bit. I, uh, I remember going back to his draft and he was a tough one. I think I had him. I don't think I had him that high. Actually. I think it probably had him like eight or something like that. But I remember thinking like, it kept going back. Like I'm going to miss on the next Steph Curry because I'm just skeptical. Like there's such a low margin of error. And I'm like, I know this kid's talented. I just don't believe in it. Translating against NBA competition, at least at an efficient level. And who holy shit is he a good basketball player, Rich? I am glad I'm wrong because he is a blast to watch.
1: Offensively, he is so in control and the Sixers really tried in the first half everything they could. Richardson was super physical with him. He did the you know, the kind of the B.S. Harden move where he would stop right around the screen and draw a foul. Sometimes he would chase around and put Richardson on his butt and he made a couple floaters. Uh a couple times the Sixers Overhelped on the weak side. He had a pass. I think it was to Jabari Parker in the opposite corner that was just a cross court bullet that honestly, I think, you know, everybody knew his passing was going to be great coming out of Oklahoma, but that specific pass, for the most part, you need to be tall to make that pass. That's like the LeBron special. Ben can make that pass, although he doesn't really run pick and roll a lot. Harden can do it too, just because he's this, this crazy force but literally anything they tried i mean remember when they they gave him a little bit of full court pressure loose full court pressure and he threw it over everybody's head to uh i think it was bruno fernando for a dunk he was just a lot of damn fun to watch but then you look at the stat sheet at the end of the game and in the last 3 quarters i think i i i should have the stats up because i wrote about it today in my uh in my observations
0: he's like but, 3 for 12 or something like that
1: yeah he just and it was all right sorry that was bad podcasting but here here are the numbers 12 points on 16 shooting possessions added the uh the free throws in there six assists and five turnovers yep pretty good right and it, it didn't always feel like the sixers had him completely under control but you know even Richardson who kind of got lit up in the first quarter, just, you know, it seemed like that physical style wore down and then Thiebold did a nice job with him on the defensive end too. And then at the end of the game, the Sixers had the luxury of saying, Hey Ben, you, uh, you are very capable of covering this guy. You've kind of been hanging out on DeAndre Hunter the whole night. How about you, uh, you close the game because Jay Rich has five fouls. And Ben, in the last five minutes, Trey Young is limited to two missed floaters. I mean, there's nothing really I can say except the Sixers' defense is super legit, 60 points over the final three quarters.
0: Yeah, he – I mean, look, he he had some shots, some floaters, some runners that he could have made. And there's going to be one of those nights where, you know, rather than shooting – I forget what it was in the final three quarters – three for 12, he's going to shoot six for 12. And it's going to be the exact same looks that he got. It's just some of those floaters that rimmed out will go in. And I'm not saying that to diminish what the Sixers did. I'm sort of saying that so that when another guy comes in, they use the exact same strategy and the guy's hitting those pull up jumpers, Sixers Twitter and, and, and the people maybe in the comments section don't freak out and say that this defensive scheme is flawed and earth, you know, the sky is falling and blah, 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 blah. Like sometimes good players make shots. Sometimes they miss shots. And that's sort of what the Sixers defense is based around. Like if you watch what they did, first of all, Josh Richardson's ball denial in the second half was. Absolutely incredible. Um, yep, they did a real him good up full job court the whole way. Yep, they did a real good job making him work real hard to even just get the ball, and then to get into sp- scoring position. But also, like you know, the Sixers now have so much length, and I'm glad you wrote about the the rear contest recently because they're they've always wanted to funnel you know fight over those screens, run those guys up the three point line, and funnel them into their help. And now they sort of have the defensive personnel and the length and the timing and and and, and the instincts to really do that about as well. Like Richardson and, and Thibault might be two of the best I've seen at that in a long time. And it's just over time, it really did look like you know Trey Young wore down a little bit. Like it became a, a a struggle for him in a way that it wasn't in the first quarter. And look, he hit some bombs in the first quarter. Like some of those were they were not on the line three point shots. They were twenty seven foot three point shots sort of like Ben against the Chinese team but he had actual defenders here (laughs) so he was like some of those you're just not gonna if he's gonna be dropping those you're just not going to you're not really gonna defend that all that well but the Sixers did a real good job with them they forced them in the shots that you want and part of that defensive philosophy is the fact that hey those shots first of all he's not gonna get fouled not on those Floaters not on those mid rangers Um, He was was trying to get fouled. He was. was. He's real good at drawing fouls, but he's real good at complaining about them too. (laughs) Yeah. But in the fifty-one mid-range shots from last night's game, there was one shooting foul drawn. That's sort of part of the argument against that shot. It's just it's it's an inconsistent shot, and the Sixers did a good job forcing them into that. Um, they did a good job then meeting them at the rim. You know, I think one of the things that this sort of defensive strategy is tough on are the big men. Like a lot of times, you'll see Embiid and Horford in, in no man's land a little bit because you've got to apply some pressure to the, that pull up jumper, that floater, while not letting your man sneak behind you, and they can get beat sometimes. But I thought they did a real good job of that in the second half, and they executed their scheme, and 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 the Hawks missed shots, and they looked real good doing it.
1: Yeah, and the, and the Hawks are not a uh, an easy team on the back end no, that too be because a, John Collins, offensive team. Yep. Yeah, because John Collins can, you know, if you take one step. Too far up, he's gonna he's gonna throw that down. Young's gonna throw it to the sky and he'll throw it down. You uh you had in your piece today that the Sixers are, I mean they're they're leading the league in the least amount of threes given up per uh, and just in, in terms of attempts by a lot. So it, it really seems like they're they're honing in on this scheme with with these players. I think you, per hundred attempts, they're uh, or. Per hundred possessions, they're four threes less than the second, you know, the second team, which is, it's pretty good. And you know, the, the strategy is really simple. They, you know, as I wrote about in the, the rear view contest piece, just have the other three guys stick to the shooters. And if you're confident in, uh, in the point of attack defender, and that is Thiebel or Richardson for the most part and the, the big dropping, that's Embiid or Horford for the most part. You're going to have a really good defense and, you know, it, again, there are going to be games where the Trey Youngs or, or the other, you know, the other kind of shifty guards, those floaters and mid-rangers are going to go in, but more times than not, they're, you know, the math's going to work out for the Sixers. Yep. So yeah, it was, that was a fun game too, by the way. I, uh, I enjoyed it. There was some weird stuff that happened. Mike Scott getting ejected was, maybe the highlight of the season for me in terms of unintentional Sorry. comedy because a it was such a ridiculous call but the way mike scott reacted he was so calm it was hilarious he just he shook the guy's hand he uh he shook all his teammates hand i think even when i watch back on uh on the tv broadcast he it was even high five the owners who were sitting ne- next to him and then he he did the thing where he uh He took off both of his shooting sleeves and gave them to little kids, uh, when he was walking off the court as if, you know, he had just scored 30 points and had just gotten done with the ESPN interview. And after the game, he basically told, I asked him, how the hell were you so calm? And he said, you know, I just might not have even realized how ridiculous it was that I got thrown out. (laughs) He didn't say that exactly. I'm kind of paraphrasing, but it was, uh, he was like, "I I guess I just didn't realize how crazy it was. And then I got back in the locker room and was like, Damn, I got a flagrant two for that. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> the locker room after that game, that was a very kind of exhausted but satisfied locker room after the game. The, uh, the Hawks can take credit in that they really made the Sixers work for that one.
0: Yeah, they did. And it's not like, you know, we, we mentioned about the Sixers flipping a switch. I'm not even sure it was really like, I didn't feel like their effort was horrible at the beginning and it shouldn't have been because this was a Hawks team who came in undefeated. You know, Trey Young was, he was Eastern Conference Player of the Week. Like, he was playing completely lights out. And, but it's, it's almost like they had a chance to just adjust and really focus in on their scheme and what they wanted to do. There weren't any real breakdowns in the second half. It was, I mean, this is a, a, a team, you know, they haven't played a great offense yet, but they've played two really tough matchups that have given them problems in the past. And I mean, I think what we're seeing is that upgrade from JJ Reddick on the perimeter fighting through those screens to Josh Richardson, fighting through those screens and to Matisse Theibel, who's been a huge, um, I don't even know what he's averaging. What is he averaging? Like maybe four points a game, Been a huge addition to this team and having, you know, Al Horford there at at center when Joel's not on the floor. Like I I think I saw a stat floating around when Embiid's off the floor, the Sixers still have like a 101 defensive rating, which would have been, you know, good for first in the league last year. So not having that drop off from Embiid to Greg Monroe, and also having those point of attack defenders has been, uh, has been huge. It'll be interesting to see what they do now with Shake, Shake Milton out here for the next five or so games at least. He will, you know, I forget exactly phrasing, but he will be reevaluated when the four game road trip is over, which is, uh, you know, November 8th. So he's going to be out here for at least the foreseeable future. So it'll be interesting to see what they do because lately it's been Furkan Korkmaz and he has not exactly been lights out. Whew,
1: that they performance have, in Detroit was rough. I don't know what what was that about seven, eight minutes. Oof, it was not good though.
0: It was not good. It'll be interesting to see whether or not they go to maybe what you consider a more talented or more proven NBA player in Howell Netto rather than Cork Maz. But it seems like they want to keep that length on the perimeter. It seems like they want to keep that length and that 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 ability to fight through a screen. And it's not just length getting through screen. Like Josh Richardson is putting in work getting through those primer screens, whether they want to keep that on the court and suffer through some refercon minutes or whether they want to put the better NBA player on the court. But um it's good to have those options. You know, I, I, I think we have been, you know, I, th- I think, I think they did a good job this summer. I do. I think they have now have an identity they never really had. And so far, like it, it it'll be fun to watch Josh Richardson through the year because he had such an offensive burden with the heat. That he just doesn't have right now. And he can really lock in on this aspect of the game. He can lock into some of these matchups and taking that away. And I think that's going to benefit him. You know, we, <clears throat> we mentioned before trying to predict maybe who's going to end up in an all NBA defensive team. And I think he's got a shot. I think he's going to get a lot of, a lot of credit, especially if the Sixers defense ends up where we think they will. And right now they're fourth in the league. Some of the, some of the teams ahead of them. You've got the Utah Jazz. Okay. You expect them to be.
1: They're going to be good.
0: Yeah. They're, they're a real threat at 92 defensive rating. Then you have the Orlando Magic. They'll be good, but I think if you looked at some of their opponent three point shooting, it's been a little fluky lucky. And then you've got the Toronto Raptors at 96.7. Who knows how, how much of that team is going to be around when the season's over. And then the Sixers at 96.8. And those four teams have sort of separated themselves from the pack. And I think the Sixers will be up towards that group all year. All right, let's take a quick break to tell you about DoorDash. Have you had a long day at work, a tough day at school? Maybe you're still stuck at the office. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city and ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code Sixers. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code Sixers. Don't forget, that's promo code Sixers for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. And now back to the show.
1: All right, enough positive talk about the uh, the defense, just, just reeling the Hawks in. What, what the hell are they going to do about the shooting?
0: Yeah, so it's not great.
1: 29.8%, 27th yep. in the NBA.
0: Yep. I guess what I would say is they're a better shooting team than that. Like they're not going to shoot 29% from three all year. And the fact that they're winning games in spite of that is a good sign. Yeah. And I think something that can be, not that you can sustain shooting 29% from three, but I think, I think this is a defense that will carry them. It's not great. You know, you, I think- Do you have the numbers
1: uh, on their open threes? How they're shooting on those?
0: I think, like, wide open, six plus feet of space is like 33%.
1: It's not good enough.
0: Oh no, no, it's not good enough. And that's fluky. Like, it's not like they're missing a lot of contested. First of all, because people don't really take contested threes in the NBA. Not at a, a high rate. Like, pretty much, I think, almost flat, almost all teams, 80% of their three-point attempts come with at least four feet of space between them and the, the defender. That's sort of like the inflection point of when most NBA players are willing to launch a shot. And it's usually when you're talking about more contested threes, it's either late shot clock threes, where you're just not going to have a better option between then and the end of the clock, or just really elite players. And, uh, you know, I, I guess what I'm getting at is I don't, like, I, they will make more shots. Like, Tobias Harris will make more shots. Josh Richardson will make more shots. It's just, it's tough to watch when they're not. Especially because they still have those turnover problems that they, they've always had. And their ability to get out on the, the fast break is sort of intermittent. Like some nights it'll look good and other nights it's not. So they don't really have anything outside of the, imbi- the brilliance of Embiid and offensive rebounding to sort of carry them through these dry spells. It would be great to have one night where they just come out and they just, they just drain. 17 threes and they walk away with one of these. But I don't think you're going to see many pull-away wins early in the game until that happens.
1: Their passing in transition is maddening. And there are two guys <laughs> in particular. are thinking about Josh. Yep. I'm thinking about Richard, but you know what? I have another one too, Tobias. Yeah. Some of these passes he's throwing, and, and the, he throws passes in the half court where it looks like, you know, he's throwing it with the, the velocity of kind of a cross-court chess pass, and the guy's standing three feet away from him. I think Ben had a dunk in the Celtics game because Tobias's pass was so bad that it kind of fooled the defense and Ben made an amazing catch. Like even last night, um remember when Tobias got uh got fouled at the end of the game, he made one of two? He he missed Horford for a wide open layup. And the only reason the ball came back to him was because Horford made kind of an amazing catch and a ball sailing over his head, so that's pretty frustrating. I, I guess back to the shooting. So like
0: Real quick on that, Al Horford is clearly their second best passer, right?
1: Oh, it's not even close. Yeah, because I mean, is
0: Kylo Quinn third?
1: Yeah, I mean, you can't say Joe. I. W- it's funny when you say that you think the uh the three point shooting is better than it is. I always say that about Joe's passing. I yeah. think it's better than it is, but then you look down at the stat sheet. Well, oh, there's seven turnovers. It's not that good. I mean, it's... It, you know, Brett. I think Brett he used uh, it's not an A, but it's not a C last night. Uh, which is another oh, h- hilarious. I, version I really
0: of, wish I would have had Brett's grading scale as a as a high school student.
1: Yes. Um. So I guess it's a B. I would not go that high for his passing. Although no. I, to be fair, I mean he does make some really good passes. Like he had one last night. I think, I think it was when it was ninety-eight, ninety, and Simmons made a great cut. He timed it perfectly. Bembry came over to double, and 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 beat hit him just right on the money. So you know that that potential is still there. Back to the shooting, though. Um, Tobias going one of nine is just that. That's going to kill them if that happens. And the frustrating thing with him is that I feel like he's missing short all the time. I would love to go back you know what? I think I'm gonna do this for a story. I'm going to look at all of his missed shots. I feel like I don't know, ninety-five percent of them are just short and you can see it out of his hands, they're just he's just not getting enough on it, on it, and uh that's gotta change. But yeah, I uh I, I hope that they'll shoot better. They uh you know, Lloyd Pierce last night really just gave some of their guys some open shots. He gave Thigh bull, not the full yep. folds treatment, but pretty close. Pretty close. He was not respecting that. And, you know, Matisse goes 2 of 7 from 3. And to his credit, he is not bashful. He will, you know, if he's open, he'll shoot it. But, uh you know, he he's probably got to do better considering all seven of those looks were wide open. So, yeah, it, it's tough. You know, when, when Embiid is one of your best shooters, Ben is not taking any threes despite... The fact that they're giving him acres of space, I mean, the, the Pistons game the other night, Morris was just not even giving him any mind. It would have been a more open shot than the, uh, the Chinese game. You know, uh, it's a, uh, it's a problem right now, but I, I think they're going to be better shooters in this, but, uh, you, you know, it's, it's something to look at because it's, uh, they don't look like, uh, the, the offense in general just doesn't look like they, uh, they have a great idea of what they're doing right now, except when they're jamming the ball to Embiid at the end of the game.
0: Yeah. No, you're talking about a team right now that has the 20th ranked offense and they, you know, one of those games, Atlanta is not a, not a great defensive team here and they've struggled. You know, that was a matchup where Embiid had such an incredible advantage and he could have, he could have fouled the entire team out. And he, I mean, he played a terrific game outside of, outside of turnovers, but you know, the way he was able to score, I think really masked what could have been an otherwise and, and even Josh Richards, Richardson early, like taking advantage of, they, they had a couple of matchups they could exploit and that sort of gave them just enough to pull out a win where they couldn't really execute their offensive scheme. And am I worried a little bit about this half court offense and the way it's going to look? I think I saw him cleaning the glass. Their half court offense is somewhere like 26th in the league, something it in that range.
1: Feels about right.
0: And when you're not making shots and you're turning the ball over, and one of those games was without Embiid, but I think that might have been their best, their best half court game. When you're turning the ball over and you're not making shots, it's going to be tough. And they can get to the line, they can get offensive rebound, they can get out in transition. That's all great. But there is, you know, there is some very legitimate concern about being able to create their own shot and being able to force a rotation all their shooters right now you're not going to have a shooter who's just going to run around a screen get himself open and generate a three that way you're not really going to have a shooter who's going to create a three off the dribble off a of pick and roll off a screen you're going to need someone like ben someone like like joel to force a rotation and create an open shot and they're just it's when those those open shots aren't going in it's just it's been real tough to watch um i do think they will find their way like I said, I don't expect them. I expect this to be a, I don't want to say mid pack shooting team, but somewhere like, somewhere like a mid pack shooting team. That might be a little optimistic, but I could I could see that happening, and that will help a lot. But when it's not, it's 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 been tough to watch. It has, it absolutely has.
1: I think they're twenty ninth in a, uh, offensive turnover percentage, so second worst. And uh, in terms of forcing turnovers, they're up to seventh on cleaning the glass. And that, uh, it kind of jibes with some of these games. I feel like some of these games have been super sloppy where the Sixers will just lose it kind of driving in the teeth of the defense. But then, you know, either Richardson or Simmons or somebody will sprint down the court and they'll get a block or, or a, a poke behind, you know, a steal from behind or something like that. So it's, uh, you know, I, I think that for now it's okay to, that they're going to be in these, uh, these rock fights a lot of the time because they're 3 and 0 and it feels like they're going to win a lot of these.
0: Yeah. Yep. No, I mean their their defense is their defense is good, and it, it it does help that they have you know some matchups where they're just going to have a whole bunch of matchups they can exploit. It's really weird looking at the Sixers and being like, "Well, they're a mismatch hunting team." When that was never the case, but they have a couple that they can a couple that they can do that. All right, let's take one more quick break. This one for betonline.ag. The football season is in full swing, and you can get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners, betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make your bets on your favorite professional or college team. Every spread, every total, every winner or loser. Straight bet, parlay, or tease your way through the season. Will the 8-0 Patriots finish the season undefeated? Will the Bengals remain winless? How many touchdowns will Carson Wentz throw for the Eagles this week? Bet on all this with the fastest odds, updates, and payouts with our new sportsbook partners, BetOnline.ag. Head on over to BetOnline.ag or use your mobile device to join today and use promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Once again, that's promo code CLNS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Get into all the action today with BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And now back to the show. What else we got? Let's see. We got Cove and the Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: Do you think Cove gets sad? Well, he'll be sad tomorrow night when the crowd is cheering for a Matisse deflection.
0: <laughs> well, they haven't had enough time to start booing every missed shot like they did with Cove, which is good because Matisse has missed a lot of shots so far during his career. Did, um,
1: did Cove get – Was he? remember, he didn't play in the game in uh, in Philly last year. Right, did he get right. a – you know, he video. got a video tribute. He did. Okay, I think so.
0: The three and Minnesota Timberwolves.
1: I'm so happy. I'm happy off. about that. I, you know what? I didn't publicize this, but I thought, you know, they were pretty much being picked. I don't know, eleven and twelve range in the West, and you know, people were admitting that, hey, the West is going to be really good. You know, the Timberwolves they might be twelfth in the West, but in the East, they would, you know, potentially be fighting for kind of a mid-tier playoff seed. Cove and, and Towns at the four and five with the way Towns is playing offensively. That's a nice combo, man.
0: Nope. Towns has been incredible. 32 a game, shooting uh, what, 52.5% from the field. This is my favorite stat of the young season so far. Andrew Wiggins, 20.7 points on 19.3 shots, 0. 0.7 assists. Never change Andrew Wiggins. But they're playing well. Um, like I said, second ranked offense. They will be another test mostly because of 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 towns um i'm not sure not sure this is a a an offense i view as sustainable like they have played a couple of pretty bad teams uh, at least defensive teams so the Sixers will be a good test for them but the sixers have you know some good basketball coming up here some good good stretch of games you've got a west coast trip starts off with portland then heads to phoenix utah and denver Four pretty good matchups. Um, at least three of four, which you would expect to be good teams. Phoenix has been a surprising team. They're so playing far. well. Yeah, they're playing well.
1: I feel it's like two and good- two in that stretch would be pretty good for the Sixers. You
0: yeah, know. no, those it's are, a, it's it's tough, be a tough Tough road trip as the Sixers get through this road heavy portion of the schedule. You know, I guess.
1: Wait, wait. Can we talk about? By the way, where, where do you think that dunk ranks up in uh in Embiid's personal record book? Oh,
0: it's it's pretty high. And the fact that he had that shimmy afterwards, which, a, I fully support him doing it if he wants to do that again after after a dunk like that. If I was his coach, I wouldn't be able to get on him for that. Uh, that should not be a technical. Let them have a little bit of fun. I will give Collins credit; he tried.
1: Oh, and no. I, I don't mean that. You got to be careful with this, though. I so I, I agree. I, I a lot does. of
0: people don't make that rotation.
1: No. Um but on the other hand, it was not wise.
0: <laughs> well, it was not wise for his own personal brand, that's for sure. And you when 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 Embiid gets a chance to load up like that, you're not blocking that shot. Like you can get Embiid at the rim sometime when he's like catching the ball in traffic and he doesn't really have a chance. He doesn't have a, a head of steam coming. But when he can load up like that, he is he is looking to put you on a poster, and he did that
1: exactly. And and by the way, the credit for allowing him to uh to load up at that level, load up, brother. At that level is, well, he gets part He's a of a wrecking
0: ball. Did you he, see a replay of that? He should have been, a, he should have been called for a foul on that
1: one. Yeah, the Hawks announcers were not, were not loving that. Um, yeah, he, he ran over Hunter. I think that's fair to say. But the, the other part of it is Alex Len with one of the worst closeouts I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> why, why, like he, not only did he fall for Embiid's pump fake, but it, it kind of looked like that play where, uh, where Whiteside was guarding Jokic the It just was like at half speed and, and Bede went right by him. It was, uh, yeah, I don't think it was quite at the level of the Westbrook one because A, I think the, uh, the storyline behind that one was much yes. better. And I don't think it was, uh, as good as windmilling in the playoffs. I mean, You shouldn't be able to windmill in a game in the playoffs. And, uh, I actually asked Joe about this in the locker room last night and he said that he thought the windmill was better, but, uh, it's up there for sure. Yep. Real quick, what did you think about the game on, uh, on Saturday and just kind of how they handled playing without Joe?
0: Yeah. I think, you know, I think that the Horford Simmons pick and roll will be interesting to watch. That was exciting. Horford is such a unique player and how much of your offense you can run through him and what they can do off of that you know i thought that was good to see them go to they have traditionally outside of you know snug pick and rolls they haven't really run a whole lot with simmons as the initiator so it was good just to see them go to that well we just can see how that develops over time um you know i think it is just such a luxury to be able to have you know remove and beat from and look Detroit wasn't at full strength, and that was, you know, a pretty big deal when you don't have to worry about Blake Griffin and assigning a defender to him. But just having the option of going to, you know, two players like Horford and O'Quinn as backup centers—it's such a, it's such a, a luxury this team didn't even come close to having. Like last year, we would have been debating, okay, do we go with Jonah Bolden? Is Norvel Pell the solution? Like we would have been having crazy. Conversations like this, if they would have came back with that same group, so having that option is great. You know, I think the Sixers have played a little more Horford at center than I expected them early in 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 the season. Me too. And it's been it's been it's been fun to watch. Really has. And Al is such a smart defender and smart offensive player too. That it's uh, don't misconstrue as saying Sixers are better or even Ben's better with and beat off the court. But it is nice to now have a center. Who compliments your second best player's skill sets. They never, they never really had a player. Like, Muscala, I guess you could say he complimented Ben offensively, but it was a complete disaster defensively. They never had a player who could compliment Ben on both sides of the court as Embiid's backup, and they do now, and it's great to see.
1: But what, if, if they ran any pick and roll with Muscala, I tried to, uh, I can't, I can't say that I have a great memory of the Mike Muscala play sheet that, uh, that Brett used, but, uh, the the play that I'm thinking of was so you know they run that I, I think Brett just puts up a, a one to five and it's just a you know spread pick and roll. Al hits the first one on the pop, and then on the second one, he pump fakes and Drummond flies by him in the same exact way that Embiid used to. Yep. And I, I couldn't I couldn't really get this out of anybody after the game, but I was essentially trying to ask everybody. So how did that feel? Did it look like what it looked like when he was killing you in playoff games uh doing that <laughs> to you? But uh he was, you know, he's really good and even last night he did not play that well in uh oh, I said last night there's a
0: Yeah, even doing it the whole podcast. Just okay. for, I guess for reference, we're recording this pretty late on Tuesday night and we will release it on Wednesday morning, so. It will not be last night by the time you listen to
1: it. I told people to get And that's
0: by it. design, that's not by me being slow on everything.
1: So um the uh the game in Atlanta though, Horford did not play that well. But even so, at the end of the game, they run a couple high low possessions where on the first one he fakes it to Embiid because they're so afraid of, of throwing it to Joe uh Joe at the end of the game, which they should have been afraid because he was absolutely dominant at the end of that one. And then he drives and gets fouled. And then on the last play, they run a, a kind of a quick hitter. And he throws it over the top and then Joe gets fouled yep. to, to make the two winning free throws. And it's, uh, I thought it was pretty interesting in that I think in a lot of times you would, uh, you would prefer to have a guard take that shot because you don't want to give the ball to the other team at the end of the game. But with a big guy, you kind of have to run a quick hitter. You can't really have the, uh, have the clock run down and have the guard kind of take a bad shot, but at least with the, you know, the safety blanket of if he misses, you're going to overtime. The Sixers rightfully went to Embiid right away. And then, uh, and then Vince Carter missed the shot to uh, win the game. Where have you heard that one before?
0: <laughs> I'll tell you what. First of all, props to Vince. He can still get up there pretty well at what is it? 42 in his 22nd NBA season, which is just absurd to think about. And the fact that he was able to elevate and get that shot off. It was. As a 37 year old, I was
1: impressed. So my Uber driver last night, she, uh, I, I told her, you know, what I did and you know, she picked me up from the arena and she said she, um, she doesn't watch basketball anymore. Um, but she loved Iverson when he played. And I was like, were there any other players you liked? And she was like, yeah, Vince Carter. I was, and then she was like, is he still playing? And I was like, yep. And she goes, who for the Raptors? And I was like, No, 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 no. He plays here for the Hawks. If you like him, you can go see him if you want. Um but uh yeah, tough tough shot for Vince there. Good uh good contest by Richardson, I think it was at the end of it. Um but who who also denied Trey Young the ball, which was which was smart. I actually had the exact same angle as the uh as the Kawhi Leonard shot. Where okay. we were kind of sitting up in the in the same angle and on this one, I knew it was going to be, uh, a little bit right, but I did think, eh, maybe he might bank that in, but, uh.
0: Yeah, I don't trust myself to, uh, make any quick, quick reads on that kind of stuff anymore because there was no shot that Kawhi shot was going in.
1: There was None one last night too, uh, Hunter had one where he, he kind of threw one up over Simmons and he, the ball bounced four times and went in, but, uh. Yeah, I think it's, I think in general the the point with the Detroit game though is this. They didn't even play that well in the middle of that game. I mean, I think they were down 13 in that one as well. But, uh, it just, it just feels a lot different when Joe sits. And he, uh, you know, I don't know how bad his ankle was. He clearly was in much better spirits early, uh, early Monday in Atlanta. So, so it must not have been quite that bad, but, uh, it just feels like, you know, they, they have, they're not flying by the seat of their pants as much in that situation this season. Yeah.
0: And I guess going back to Embiid, you know, them drawing up Embiid's number there to go for the go ahead shot. You know, I think that was, you see a lot of takes of, you know, Embiid's growing as a closer and it's what they need him to do. And I guess what I would say is that was sort of the exact right opponent to go to Embiid against. And which is is great because the Sixers want Embiid to be that sort of quote unquote closer, the guy that they turn to. With the game tied and needing a bucket. But that was, that was a team where they hit, that, that was a team where they should have gone to him anyway. Even if they had Jimmy Butler on, on, on the squad, you'd probably go to Embiid because he's such a, such a matchup he can exploit. So I think it ended up working out well in that regard. It'll be interesting to see what happens when they have to go to a late game offense where you don't have that kind of advantage. But he, I mean, he looked, he was quick, he was confident, he was decisive in his move, so he looked, he looked good in doing it. Yep. All right. I think that's uh probably a good place there to cut it off. Thank you, Rich, for jumping on and we will talk to you soon. And also just a real quick plug, head on over to the athletic.com slash Sixers beat 40% off. That way you can get the podcast later in the week. That is subscriber only. Once again, the com slash Sixers beat release two episodes, one here on the public feed, one there on the private feed. If you want that private podcast, head on over and subscribe.
1: See you, man.